Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Divisional matchups are wrapped up. That was an excellent, excellent weekend of football. Saturday games, you will be missed. Um, And yeah, we're going to get into all of those games. All of them were very close. Some heartbreakers that we've seen this, uh, we've seen this tape before uh, with anyways, and We'll get into all of the recaps, Um, but yeah, I guess to start this episode, if you're watching on video, you might notice that I don't have a background anymore, except for this lovely football book. It's actually a history of football from, or the NFL history anyways, from the 1960s to 2015, so this would have ended with uh, the Broncos... Uh, Broncos Carolina Super Bowl, Paid Manning walking out, walking out on top. Uh, he was terrible that season. That was a very good win for that 2015 Broncos defense. Cam Newton, MVP year at the top of his game. But uh, yeah, so this is my only decor for this episode. Honestly, it might stay. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, shout out to Katie for getting me the lovely gift. Uh, yeah, also doesn't include a few Tom Brady Super Bowls, so bonus. Um, but yeah, so that's the explanation of the blank wall. And then, yeah, anything else really going on me-wise? Oh, the reason why I have a blank wall is we changed the entire living room around. I guess I should have explained that first, but... Uh, ADHD brain. Um, yeah, okay, so let's get on to topics. Uh, we will start off with a little... It's it's the NFL Weekly Update, but it's basically all head coaching and GM and that coordinator news, etc., etc., etc. And I'm sure that I am missing a decent amount of hirings. There's been a lot going on. Oh, also, actually, I'm remembering one that I also don't have in my notes, but I'm remembering it because I didn't talk about it last week. Uh, Adam Peters, the uh, assistant GM for the Niners, is now the commander's new GM. And I'm sure that he is waiting for the first domino to fall in the head coaching market. But either way, very good move uh, for the commanders. Obviously, the Niners have built one of the best constructed teams in all of football. Peters definitely has a big part in that. Uh, So yeah, good for the commanders. Uh, We'll see who they hire as head coach, because right now that job is still vacant. But let's start off with another GM hiring. Uh, Former Chargers uh, GM Tom Telesco is now the Las Vegas Raiders GM. He just has to drive a couple hours east Uh, from LA, staying in the same division, not, not a great hire, I don't think it's a bad hire, but this is a man who had this job, this good job, uh, where he had Phillip Rivers, franchise quarterback, and then went to Justin Herbert, 
rather quickly. Um, and it didn't amount to anything. I think in his tenure there, decade plus, he only had three playoff appearances. And Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert are very good quarterbacks. You should amount to a little bit more. I will give Tom Telesco one bit of credit. The LA Chargers, San Diego Chargers, whatever, are the unluckiest organization this century. Uh, so I can't blame him for just the overall lack of luck that the Chargers just have instinctively. So, um, yeah, but from a Raiders perspective, this is a job where you have a few nice pieces, you have a coach that the players really love, the Raiders are one of the biggest markets. This is also why I'm wearing the Bo Jackson shirt today is because I'm leading off the show with the Tom Telesco news. But this Raiders job, again, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Jack Jones, you like it, like the all the players love Antonio Pierce. Raiders, again, that's why I was showing off the shirt and then got sidetracked and went back to what I was saying. But like the Raiders are one of the biggest markets globally. Uh... So it's, it is a desired job. It's just you don't have a quarterback and you don't have a pick to really go get that quarterback. And that's obviously the big issue for a lot of uh, teams. And I think that's kind of why Mark Davis went after Tom Telesco. Um, and as dumb as this sounds, and I don't think Mark Davis is really the smartest man around. I don't think he's dumb, but everyone's dumb. We're all idiots here. Um but I think he sees Tom Telesco, who was, again, in his division, and was like, well, this man kept a job for 10-plus years. Let's bring him, him here and bring some stability to the front office and the coaching staffs just because he held another job for a very long time. Again, didn't do a great job at it, but Mark Davis sees someone who'd be like, okay, I know he's going to be here for five years. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And Tom Telesco, again, he had a lot of players fall into his lap draft-wise. Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Rashawn Slater. Um, but he drafted a lot of NFL players. You got to build a full roster. You got to build that 53-man uh, team. And he drafted a lot of NFL players. And when you're a team like the Raiders, who have not had much success since the early, early 2000s, uh, just some decent stability as an organization, kind of what you need right now. So, again, not a fan of the hire, but weirdly, I think it's what the char or what the Raiders need at this point. Um, we'll keep going here. Uh, next new, the first head coach, I guess not the first head coach, because Gerard Mayo got the Pats job. I talked about that, right? I definitely talked about that. Did I talk about that? Gerard Mayo is now the Pats head coach. He was a DC. He played there for a long time. Good luck. Um, I'm sure I talked about that last week. Uh, but we will keep going with the second head coaching hire. Uh, former, now former Bengals offense coordinator Brian Callahan uh, is now the Titans' new head coach. This is who owner Amy Adams Strunk was like, we can't miss out on the top candidates. It was Brian Callahan. Um, and again, this isn't a shot at Brian Callahan. I think he actually is pretty good at his job. 
just based off his track record of where he's been, who he's worked with. Uh, he's worked with Paid Manning. He's worked with Matt Stafford. He's worked with Derek Carr. That's a bit of a blemish on his record. And then obviously he's worked with Joe Burrow. You know, he's been a part of a lot of good QB rooms and a lot of good offenses in general, and he's had one of the better offenses in this league. Obviously, co-Zach Taylor and the Sean McVay umbrella. So, again, it's an offensive hire. That's kind of the trend with head coaches, but you fired Mike Vrabel for this man. Mike Vrabel, a arguably top five head coach in the league, got fired because you could not wait to sign someone like Brian Callahan, who, in my humble opinion, wasn't a top five coaching candidate in this cycle. Um, I don't know. I personally don't really get it, but the Titans are going to Titan, and it is what it is. Uh, Good luck to Brian Callahan. He will get to work with Will Levis, and I guess we will see if Will Levis will be the QB of the future for this team very shortly. Uh, and since Brian Callahan is now the Titans, uh, offensive coordinator, every team has now changed offensive coordinators since the 2022 offseason. That's absolutely nuts. Um, I realistically don't even know how that's possible, but like wild, wild stat. Um, and yeah, after that, there's, hasn't been any real, uh, movement on the head coaching market and, I do think it's because the top candidate in most teams' mind is still playing right now in the playoffs and Ben Johnson, and we'll talk about that team very shortly. But I think Ben Johnson is the top choice for almost all of these teams right now. Uh, And you can see why if you look at how the Lions' offense plays and looks and has since he has been their offensive coordinator. Um... But like the reason I think that is because a team like the Falcons, who has been very, very tied closely to Belichick and has been now for over a week, you would think that they would be like, hmm, like they would just get Bill Belichick. I also don't think as great and Bill Belichick is the GOAT head coach, I don't think that Bill Belichick is really a hot commodity. Um, He's old, and when you're a team like the Seahawks, who just fired, or not fired, but they parted ways, mutually, whatever, he's going to the front office now, it's basically like, you're sending your dog to the farm and coach speak, um, yeah, like, if you're a team like Seattle, you don't want Bill, because you just got rid of the guy who, for that basically exact same reason, I don't know if the commanders would want him, because they want someone who's going to be there for the future, because they're picking their future, and probably Drake May at number two, a uh, team like the Chargers, they're getting Harbaugh. That's a done deal. Uh, and it's like, if you're Bill, why would you want to go to the Titans? Or why would you go to the Panthers? Or one of those, like, bad, bad teams. So that's why the Falcons is really the only team that makes sense. But the Falcons are also waiting to see if Ben Johnson might go coach there. I don't know why Ben Johnson would go coach there. I'm sure that he will give teams a short list of who he's thinking about. Uh, probably at some time this week, and that's when we'll hear the news. But, uh, yeah. Um, And I I briefly mentioned it, but Jim Harbaugh is going to be the Chargers' next head coach. The news hasn't broken as of 5... What is it? 5.10, January 23rd at 5.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
That news has not broken yet, but uh, I fully expect him to be the Chargers head coach. His odds on most gambling sites have moved down. The last I saw was minus 350 for him to be the Chargers coach, and now the odds aren't there. So you tell me what that means. I think Vegas always knows ahead of us. So Jim Harbaugh, next Chargers head coach. You've heard it here first. Um, Now we got some more coordinator talk. Uh, Eagles have officially gotten rid of defensive coordinator Sean Desai and offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, who was getting head coaching interviews for whatever reason this year, um, they are both gone. This is part of Nick Sirianni's way to keep his job and show that Howie Roseman that I can I can build a better staff. I can do it. Um, and then he decided to go ahead and interview uh, former Panthers and Commanders head coach now, Ron Rivera, for the vacant defensive coordinator position. If I'm Howie, I'm seeing that, and I'm firing Nick immediately. Say what you want about Ron. Cancer survivor. Great man for everything that I've heard. Hasn't He's been a coach for a very, very, very long time. Hasn't done that great. Playoffs, handful of times. Winning record, handful of times. And again, he's been coaching for a decade plus now. Ah. Uh, and I just don't know. He seems so unmotivated as this commander's coach. And I think he knew that it was the end for him. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, like why? Why would you even, like, again, they're not going to hire him. They better not hire him. But that's an immediate, what are you doing there, Nick? Why, are, why is this the man that we're giving a call because if I was Howie Roseman, I would have nixed that immediately and being like, no, we're not going to talk to old-ass Ron Rivera, who hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. Um, keep going here. Uh, the Jags hire Ryan Nielsen as their new defensive coordinator. Uh, Nielsen was part of that uh, Falcons staff that got let go after Arthur Smith was let go. And that Falcons defense was pretty good this year. And every time they kind of took a hit on the defense uh, through injury, uh, they seem to continually step up and obviously be the better unit on that Falcons team. It wasn't hard. The offense was terrible. But um, they, the defense was good. The Falcons defense was good. And this is a very talented Jags defense. Obviously, they got to keep Josh Allen. That's the big one right now. Uh, but they have players that were high picks were used on, and they've shown flashes, and it just hasn't been consistent all the way around for the Jags. And I think that you bring in Nielsen, and again, that Falcons team was talented, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's more extremely more talented than what the Jags are working with. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, and honestly, I didn't even know that the Jags defensive coordinator did get fired. So and that's another one of those coordinator things and hiring or firings that I missed. Uh, another hiring here, uh, Shane Waldron, uh, former Seahawks offensive coordinator is the new bears offensive coordinator. Um, Good hiring for the Bears, potentially. Um, but that's kind of your problem with keeping Matt Eberflus is 
if Shane Waldron is the guy, who, and he's the guy who turned Geno Smith's career around, so I'd love to see what he could do with Caleb Williams. Um, but if he does turn this Bears team into a very good team and a very good offense, he immediately gets poached for a head coaching job in two to three years, and then you're stuck with Matt Eberflus still as head coach. Um, again, it could all meld really well, and the Bears' defense also plays great, and Matt Eberflus earns the respect of the team and blah, blah, blah. But um, either way, I like the... Uh, I like the signing. I don't think there were many names where you could have been like, ooh, that's a that's a good hire. Like, that's like the new hot name. I think that name might be Zach Robinson, who's the, uh, I think he's passing game coordinator for the Rams slash QB coach. Um, obviously, he's just the next Sean McVay from the Shanahan tree guy. Um, but yeah, good for Shane Waldron, new Bears offense coordinator. Uh, and last note up here, uh, the Panthers have hired G, or their new GM, Dan Morgan. Uh, Dan Morgan, a longtime linebacker in the league, played seven seasons for the Panthers, was drafted for the Panthers, but he is now their new GM. Uh, one thing I didn't know, though, is... So he's also been around the front office circles for a while now. I looked this up earlier, and... Completely forgot, but yes, yeah, so he was part of the uh, Seahawks front office when they went on their Super Bowl runs and had their Russ window with the Legion of Boom. Uh, then he went on to be the director of player personnel for the Bills, and then since then he has been, from 2021 to 2023, was the assistant general manager. So, what this all means... The Panthers hired in-house. Now, obviously, Dan Morgan has a ton of experience. Um, but what this also shows me is that David Tepper, people don't want to work for him. I don't think this job is a good job either, especially if Bryce Young doesn't pan out, which, I mean, after this year, lot, lot, lot of bad on the Panthers. And it's not solely on Bryce Young, but Bryce Young did not have a good rookie season by any metrics, really. Um, and I don't know who they're going to hire as head coach, because again, not a desirable job right now. And wouldn't shock me if they just go in-house hire and they go uh, Jairo Evero, Jiro Evero, I forget how how that's pronounced, but uh, or put Thomas Brown, the offense coordinator, at head coach. Wouldn't shock me because they have been blocking interviews for those guys. Um, so I, either way, I don't. No one wants to work for the Panthers. Sorry, um, but yeah. With that, I guess let's get into the divisional recap. Um, starting off with the Saturday game, afternoon game: Ravens thirty-four, Texans ten. This looked like it was going to be a game for about a half. 10-10 going into half. The Texans, I think they committed eight, uh, eight first-half penalties, which is the most, uh, most since 2000. Texans weren't even a franchise in 2000, but it was tied 10-10. The Texans were playing terrible, lots of penalties, lots of dumb penalties, things that can get fixed, and then the 
Ravens absolutely blew the doors off them in the second half. The defense really stepped up to um, this Ravens team is really good. Like, I don't know what really else to say. There's a lot of stupid teams from this offseason when Lamar was put on the non-exclusive tag and teams could have made offers that the Ravens could have matched and teams actively went out of their way to be like, no, we don't want Lamar. Like, we're not a part of this. Like a team like the Falcons who went in or finished the year with my two worst starting quarterbacks of the year in Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke actively did not want Lamar as their quarterback. Um, Lamar is fantastic. Two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns in this one. I saw some people be like, oh, Lamar, only 150 passing yards in a win. What a loser. Watch the fucking games. He's such a dynamic runner. Like, Lamar is a special, special player, and he proves it uh, time and time again. The defense was also lights out. And again, they didn't really show up on the stat sheet in the sacks or the interceptions, but fundamentally sound football. And Mike McDonald has had this defense at top level, basically the entire year. Um, and we'll see what, um, what the Ravens can do from here. I have them going to the Super Bowl. It'll be fun. Uh, and obviously they played without Marlon Humphrey this week. Hopefully he will be back. That'll be a, another boost for this defense that doesn't really need one at this point. But uh, yeah, for the Ravens, for the first time in a long time, are healthy at this late into the year, and that's been a big difference maker. Um, and I guess we'll see going forward, but enough about the Ravens. We still get to talk about them for at least one more episode. Um the Tex Texans, your season started with a blowout loss to the Ravens, and your season ends with a blowout loss to the Ravens, but you have nothing to hang your he uh, head about. Fantastic season, like, truly, truly hats off. Um, CJ Stroud, one of the better rookie seasons we have seen in quite a bit, leading this team to the playoffs, and this is a very, very young team, but a team that does have, oh, I clicked the wrong thing, a team that does have a lot of free agents going into this season. Uh, guys like tight end Dalton Schultz, Jonathan Grenard, who had a phenomenal year opposite Will Anderson, uh, Devin Singletary, Sheldon Rankin, Steven Nelson, uh, Noah Brown, Blake Cashman, George Fant, uh, any other... Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, that's a massive one. Denzel Perriman, Kareem Jackson. There's other guys, but less notable. But those guys that I listed have been starters and very good starters for this team this season. Uh, so they got some moves, but that's the nice thing about drafting really well. You don't have to pay CJ Stroud yet. You don't have to pay Tank Dell yet. You don't have to pay Nico Collins yet. Don't have to pay Stingley. Don't have to pay Petrie. Don't have to pay Will Anderson. They got the money to bring all these guys back and more. I am excited for what the Texans are building and what they can do in the future, but we knew it wasn't their year. We knew it, this was not their season, 
And like people shitting on Lamar, there are people saying like, oh, look at CJ Stroud. He doesn't get any yak and he can't win a game. What have people been watching? This is Twitter culture is fucking awful. And the whole you get money just from pure engagement, regardless of if you're shit posting or not. Um, that's a whole other gripe. But CJ Stroud is obviously phenomenal. And I don't know when you're the seven seed playing against uh, the number one seed and you only have Nico Collins as a real receiving threat. Kind of an issue, kind of an issue. Um, but they they tried their best. They tried their best, but this Ravens team is a juggernaut, and they were AFC Championship or bust this season, if we're uh, being honest. Uh, do I have anything else to add about... Uh, nope, I actually covered that really well. Cool. Uh, Saturday night game now, Packers 20-1, 49ers 24. Uh, this, again, it came down to the wire. This was a much closer game than people expected, me included. Um, and it was a wet, rainy, cold game, things that normally don't happen in San Francisco. Obviously, they do happen. It's still winter there, but uh, not the conditions that they're used to. And luckily for them they'll get nice sunny weather uh, for their championship game. But the Niners did not play well, and the Packers barely, barely lost. Uh, came down to a final drive by Jordan Love and threw a terrible interception. Uh, and we'll, get, uh, we'll get to the Packers, though, uh, but I have to give credit to Brock Purdy at least a little bit because he did something that Jimmy G could never do for the Niners in the playoffs, and that is lead a drive down to win the game. And that's what Brock Purdy did. He was phenomenal on that last drive. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I want to say he was like four for six for 72 yards. He did what he needed because the rest of the game was not there. And if it weren't for the Packers linebackers and DBs not being able to catch, uh, the Packers would have won this one. Uh, again, Brock did not have a good game, but he showed up when it mattered. Um, yeah, and I mean, it didn't or it didn't help that Debo Samuel was out because Debo Samuel is a big part of this offense, and I have been saying that the Niners work when everyone is healthy. Debo's now 50-50 for the coming Sunday game. Um so I guess we will see what happens there. But the offense did not look good. Again, rainy game, lots of different factors, no Debo and the rain. Brock Purdy didn't look good. But they won the game, and that's all that mattered. And a big part of it was the defense. Um, Dre Greenlaw, Jordan Love, two interceptions on the day, both to Dre Greenlaw. And boy, did he fucking try his hardest to score a touchdown understandably, on the first one, your team's struggling to score points, you're making that effort to try to get that touchdown, even though it was just kind of running back and forth on the field for no reason. Fine, makes sense. Uh, the second interception, final drive of the game, you catch the ball, the game is over, the game is done, you just have to fall down, your team wins, onto the NFC Championship game. And no, the man still tried to score a fucking TD. I mean, I was kind of cheering for it. I had a teaser, uh, Niners minus three and a half, where 
that would have hit if he got hit. But um, at the same time, I'm also like, I I was looking at that and I'm like, I hope he fumbles right now because he is being such an idiot. Because it didn't just go on for like five seconds and then he eventually got tackled. He still ran around for quite a bit. Uh, so I can imagine a lot of Niners fans were screaming at their TV for him to get down and end the game. But uh, very funny. The defense, though, was the major difference in this one, uh, especially the red zone defense. Uh, the Green Bay had six trips to the red zone, came away with two TDs early, and then field goal, field goal, turnover on downs, and a missed field goal uh, to seal it. And this is the true strength of the Niners, is the defense and this front seven. Um, no real thanks to Chase Young. I don't think that trade really amounted to anything. He is a free agent this year. I guess we'll see what he can do, but or what he can garner money-wise, contract-wise. Um, yeah, but Green Bay had six trips to the red zone. The 49ers only had one, obviously. A couple long TDs from CMC and Kittle there, but uh, yeah. Uh, Packers now. Packers, again, like the Texans, no one thought that you were going to be here. Again, if, like, I thought that Packers' ceiling was around 500, Jordan Love looks like he could be a franchise guy, like, step in the right direction, but no, Matt LaFleur put on a good coaching clinic to end that season, all of their young weapons getting involved. Uh... Aaron Jones coming off, uh, coming back from injury was obviously the major boost because, again, he put up another very good game. I think he averaged six yards a carry, had over 100 yards. Uh, he had a like very, very uh, big two playoff games for him. But, uh, yeah, like great job, Packers, because now it's like, okay, this is the floor for this team now, and now sky's the limit. They're fucking going for it. Um, and it looks like Jordan Love is is a franchise quarterback. Uh, people want to not put him in, like, the top 10 quarterback. For what we've seen for the whole second half of the year from the Packers and from Jordan Love, he's e easily in that top 10 range for QBs. Obviously, a lot of football needs to be played from him, but right now, he looks like a guy. And obviously, he made some big mistakes in this one. Obviously, that last drive did not need to throw that ball. Uh, I don't know who he was targeting, but Dre Greenlaw was right there. It was first and 10. They had plenty of time left. Didn't make a ton of sense. Um, but again, he's a young QB. Young QBs will make that mistake. Uh, you just hope that they don't make it more and more frequent. Um, <coughs> oh, sorry. But the big, because obviously people can blame that Jordan Love INT on why they lost the game, but um, another big reason is their kicker. Anders Carlson, younger brother of Daniel Carlson, the Raiders' fantastic kicker. And... Kind of looks like Anders Carlson just got in on family name alone because he wasn't good. He wasn't a good college kicker at Auburn. Uh, so 
started five years at Auburn as their kicker, and these are his field goal percentages. 62, 90.9, that's very good. Uh, 66.7 and 70.6. So the man was a five-year kicker at Auburn. His third year was his best year at 90.9. But, you know, if you take that one year out, those other numbers all kind of add up. They all look the same. They got one anomaly year, and your brother is one of the best kickers in the NFL. That's why he's on the Packers, and that's why they lost this game. Um, Again, it would have went to overtime, and then who knows, but that's a big reason why you lost this game is because you had a kicker who didn't. And honestly, it would have changed the game plan because the Niners would have tied it up, and then the Packers would have had a minute something, and probably, I don't know if they had timeouts or not, but... They would have had time to just get into field goal range, and I don't know if Jordan Love would have felt as pressed to make that throw as he did. Um, But again, the Packers, it's only up from you. You exceeded everyone's expectations on the season. So congratulations. There, There are no bad things to be said about the Packers right now. Now, we will move on to Sunday, Bucks 23, Lions 31. Um... The Lions are, again, I was talking about these media narratives being built, and no team right now has a stronger media-driven narrative than the Lions. Haven't been to the playoffs in forever. Longest playoff win drought. Now they're in the NFC Championship game, um, and they're looking very, very good. And that includes their defense. The secondary, you can still see that they're getting exposed a little bit, but Aiden Hutchinson is an absolute demon. Aaron Glenn has, you can see why he is getting jobs or head coaching job offers. Uh, He's looked great. And again, you can see why Ben Johnson is the number one candidate for most of these teams out there because they put on another clinic on offense. Goff, 30 of 43, 287, two passing touchdowns. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, nine rushes, 74 yards, uh, and a TD. We'll get to more Gibbs in a bit. David Montgomery, 10 carries, 33 yards. Amon Ra, uh, eight catches, 77 yards, and a TD. Sam Laporte, nine catches, 65 yards. Gibbs, another four catches, 40 yards. He gets everyone involved. Um... The, yeah, the offense is, it's hard to stop. It is very, very hard to stop, and their offensive line is such a big reason for that, and I thought it took a hit. Center Frank Ragnow, one of the best in the business, he got rolled up on uh, twice in this game, and it looked like he was like hurt, hurt. Uh, thankfully, he came back, and he was part of the reason why the uh, Lions opened up the scoring with Craig Reynolds getting the... Uh, one of the rushing TDs, moving big Vita Vea out of the way. Um, yeah, I don't know. This Lions, like, again, sometimes there's a little more than just a story behind in the narrative. It's hype is real. You can't quantify hype, but it's a very real thing, and the Lions have so much momentum and positive energy right now compared to a team like the Niners who barely escaped on Saturday night. Um, this Lions team is rolling. I am very excited for this NFC Championship game because uh, I know if Brock Purdy puts up 
another stinker like that, and if Debo doesn't play, these Lions are going to punch hard, punch first, and the Niners better watch out. Um, with, I guess there's, oh yeah, I said I was going to talk about Gibbs in a little bit, and I, in extension, I should talk about the Lions draft class. Again, I said it last week, hats off to Brad Holmes, crushed the draft class, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, Sam Laporta, um, all quality players, and Brad Holmes has been drafting starters for this team for a while now, and Gibbs was the pick. Well, I mean, in my opinion, it was Jack Campbell being like that high of a pick. The Gibbs pick was obviously high, but uh, you could see why he wanted him, and you just got to give this man the ball like a few times a game, and he is so explosive, and he is so fast. Uh, he took this offense to a whole new level, and it is paying off. So shout out to Jameer Gibbs. Shout out to Brad Holmes. Um, yeah, excited to keep watching the Lions play football. Um, Bucks on the other side. Again, one of these, you have nothing to be upset about, Bucks. Um, no one, I mean... Hand up, I didn't think that you would even make the playoffs, let alone win the division. I guess that means making the playoffs, but I, I thought they were going to be picking in the top five, like, quite easily. Uh, I stopped believing in Baker Mayfield, and I shouldn't have. Baker is... He's just got that quality that you want in a quarterback. The, I'm better than everyone while on top of just being good at the position. He's not great at the position, but he's a good NFL starter, and the Bucks are lucky they got him. Because, again, Baker had one of these crazy redemption stories where he gets traded from the Browns to the Panthers so the Browns could sign a rapist. Uh, the Panthers cut him. He goes with the Rams. He has that one win with the Rams, and then he signs with the Bucks to be in a QB competition with Kyle fucking Trask. Kyle Trask stinks. Um, Baker beat him out, beat him out quite easily, and then the rest is history. He had his best year as a quarterback in this league, and I'm sure the Bucks are going to be happy to to re-sign him. Um, and they also have a couple other... Oh, that's not it. Uh couple other free agents that are fairly key. So on top of Baker, we got guys like Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, Devin White, uh, Greg Gaines, Matt Filer, Chase McLaughlin. That's about it. So, And there's a couple guys on that list where I don't know what they do. You bring back Baker. That's an easy one. Boom, check. You give him, what do you give Baker? Four times... 120, not four times 120, but four-year, $120 million contract. I don't think Baker turns that down. I know I wouldn't turn that down, but I fucking make 25 an hour. Um, Mike Evans is the big one. Mike Evans also had a crazy, crazy game in this one, and I guess I should say that Baker also had a good game, uh, 26 of 41, 349 yards, three passing touchdowns two interceptions, one right through Mike Evans' hands and the other one on that final drive of the game. And I'll talk about the ending of that game in just a little, little bit. But um, I was talking about Mike Evans, and Mike Evans went off, eight catches, 147 yards, and a TD. 
and he's now a free agent. And Mike Evans has every option that he could possibly want. Um, I don't know if, because like Tampa's going to have to pay him. He's not going to take a hometown discount to stay in Tampa, because why would you? They're not truly a competitive team, and I don't know if they'll be there in the next couple years uh, when his like talent window is really closing, and I guess his career window is closing. Um, so it's like Tampa could pay him what he's worth on the open market, and then he doesn't have to move. He just ends his career as a Buccaneer. He has a Super Bowl ringer already, and he's just one of these legends in Tampa Bay history. Honestly, I mean, I know that there's a lot of other guys, especially on that uh, that Bucks team won in 2002. Either way, that but it's like Mike Evans is probably their best offensive player that they've ever had, and. Sticking with one team your entire career does mean something, but he will have the opportunity to ring chase, get a bag, because uh, he's still fucking incredible. I mean, he was easily a top five receiver in the league this year. Um, I know the All-Pro stuff came out. I don't know if he made the All-Pro, but uh, Mike Evans will be missed if he is uh, going, but I don't know. I... It is up to Mike Evans wherever he goes. Uh, other guys, obviously, they need to bring back Antoine Winfield, all-pro safety. Um, and then Le- Levante David, another longtime Buccaneer, one-team guy. Uh, I think they brought him back on a one-year deal, and he's still really good. And if Levante David wants to stay in Tampa and just end his career a buck, I don't know why he shouldn't. Uh Again, I think the Bucks will give him free reign to kind of look where else. And the other linebacker that they have, uh, Devin White, the last thing I heard was he wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the league. Devin White, I'm shaking my head no right now. Devin White, not worth top linebacker money. Um, but yeah, the end of this game uh, had people in a little bit of a tizzy online. I like that word, tizzy. But so the Buccaneers who were down 14 drive down the field, score a touchdown, and people are like, okay, boom, you kick the field goal, you're down by seven, just need another touchdown to send it to overtime. Awesome. Um, Todd Bowles decided to do the thing where you go for two. So if you make it, and you get the ball again, and you go down and score a touchdown, you win the game. I have first-hand experience with that. That's what happened to the Dolphins in the Titans game. They decided to go for two. They got the two-point conversion, stormed down the field again, scored a touchdown, won the game. Love it. Don't love it. But um, So that was the thought process behind it, is that if you make that two-point convert, and then you go down because you need another touchdown to score anyways, then you just flat-out win the game. So it's a better opportunity to win. Obviously, the Bucks didn't get the two-point convert, so then they would need to go down the field and then score another two-point convert. But would you rather, because a two-point convert essentially is a 50-50 thing, so would you rather have one chance at a, uh, a heads-or-tail coin toss, or would you rather have two chances at it and you just need to get it one time? Essentially, that's the logic. Instead of just playing for overtime, it's rather you play for the win or your odds statistically are the same as playing for overtime. Uh, 
obviously you can still lose, but the analytics tell you to go, and people were mad, even though that's the correct decision and that's the decision that makes sense. And then obviously the Bucks did have a chance to go back down, score a touchdown, and uh, Baker threw an interception. Again, like a Jordan Love interception, an inter- interception that did not need to be made. He was throwing into triple coverage. Um, yeah, but again, Bucks, nothing to hang your hats over. This is, again, you got a playoff win out of it. Congratulations. Good season. We'll see you next year. And finally, on to this Sunday night game. Chiefs and Bills. We've seen this one before. Chiefs 27, Bills 24. Game ends in a heartbreaker. Another kicking mishap. Um, I mean, that whole last drive was a mishap. And I guess I'll just start off with the last drive before I get into overall Bills talk. I mean, this is most of the Bills talk, if we're being honest. But... uh, Josh Allen, chance to go down, tie the game, potentially uh, go up in the game, and starts it off with a long, beautiful deep ball to Stephon Diggs. Um, Right through his hands would have put them into easy field goal territory with a lot of time left. Um, Drops it, but don't worry, they get down there anyways, and then Josh Allen misses a touchdown pass to Khalil Shakir for the win. He shorts it. Uh, He did that sometime earlier in the season too. Very, very similar plays. And then it's like, okay, let's bring on Tyler Bass to come tie the game on 44-yard field goal. Wide right. Let me know if you've heard that one, Bills fans. Wide right field goal. Bills lose. Um, Yeah, so that's how the game ended. Heartbreaker for the Bills. But the Chiefs, this is what they do. This is what they have done every year since Pat Mahomes has been a starter in this league. Six straight AFC Championship games. Um, People hate to make the comparisons, but Pat Mahomes is having the best start to a career since Tom Brady. And that's the only QB that you can put in that conversation is Tom Brady. Obviously, Pat Mahomes still has another whole half of a career to even catch that mark, but Pat Mahomes is already a top 10 quarterback all time easily, and I would put him at a top 5 quarterback all time. Um, He is fantastic. He had another incredible game in this one, and uh, what was his stat line? His stat line on the day, 17 of 23, 215 yards, 2 TDs, Both of those TDs going to Travis Kelsey, playing great in front of his boo and his brother. Uh, Shout out to Jason Kelsey for just kind of being like a drunk party animal at like his core. Uh, He was shirtless. He was partying. He was tailgating with the Bills Mafia before the game. Um, It was a fun visual. I love Jason Kelsey. But um, yeah, this, I don't know. This this is just like, these are the expectations for the Chiefs. And that's something that Chew tells me all the time. It's like, oh, my expectations every year is a Super Bowl. I'm a Pats fan. Where it's, yeah, like you live in that world where you dealt with, I mean, the Pats had a 20-year dynasty where, yeah, Super Bowls were the expectations, minimum AFC championship games. And that's what we're getting from Pat Mahomes right now is minimum AFC championship games. Um 
and we'll see if he can go to another Super Bowl uh, this year would be a crazy story from where they've been. And I have been shitting on the Chiefs for much of the season, just being like, the offense hasn't been good. I'm just waiting. But I always said, they got to switch to Flick. And it's just, it's Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And at some point, you would just think it would work. And, oh my God, it's working. Travis Kelsey had a great game. Rishi Rice had a great first game. He's still doing great. And it's not like the other Kansas City wide receivers are trying to not sabotage the team anymore. Mikkel Hardman touched the ball two times in the game. He fumbled twice. One of them threw the end zone for a touchback. Um, like, And this is why it's crazy for the Chiefs to be in another AFC championship game. This is the year where people are like, oh, they're having, again, me included, they're having a down year. The offense isn't good. And they still make the AFC championship game with this team. You know that there was their wide receiver room is going to be much better next year, just through addition through subtraction. Tony gone, MVS gone, Mecole gone. Like just getting rid of those guys, the room is already better. I could bring or they could bring me in at wide receiver. Uh I was playing my own flag game uh that night too. I was watching that final kick on my phone. Uh I caught a touchdown, so that's more than Mecole Hardman can say. Um, I don't know. The Chiefs are, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and it's starting to get annoying, and this is why I'm really pulling for the Ravens, just because mainly I want competition, and I know this is what happened in the entire 2000s in Brady's career, where it was, oh, going into this game, it was the Brady-Manning versus Mahomes-Allen comparison, and people shit on that comparison, but... It made sense going into the game where I think through the first three playoff games that Brady and Manning played, Manning lost all of them like Josh Allen. And then I think this was like 21 years to the day where they played their fourth one and where Manning finally like overcame the Pats and Brady. Um, So it was like, okay, yeah, so maybe Josh can do this. And nope, same old, same old. They lose a heartbreaker again. And it's not even like if they would have made that kick it like would have meant that the game's going to overtime. There was a lot of time left for Pat Mahomes to do what he normally does, get them in the field goal range, win the game. Um, and honestly, I think that would have been more of a heartbreaker for Bills fans. But um, yeah, the Chiefs are going to keep doing their thing. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Chiefs are Chiefs are fantastic. Um, Bills on the other side. Do I have do I have any other notes for this one? Uh, nope. Um, actually, one more note before we get to the Bills because it's a nice transition. Uh, Josh Allen seventeen and zero when having what was it? I think it was like yeah, uh, seventeen and zero when having three touchdowns and zero turnovers. Um, now seventeen and one because of Pat Mahomes. Oops. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's kind of what I was saying with the Brady and Manning thing is like Josh Allen is still very good. Obviously, he has a lot of career left and a lot of things to accomplish, but um, maybe it's a little early. But we need someone to compare Pat Mahomes with because right now it's just Pat Mahomes winning everything. And I guess maybe it's going to be Lamar coming up 
two-time MVP, maybe a future Super Bowl champion, but again, the Chiefs are standing in his way, so we'll see. Um, the Bills, though, the Bills have a <coughs> big offseason ahead of them. Lots of question marks, honestly, uh, going into free agency. So they got free agents Gabe Davis, Micah Hyde, Leonard Floyd, Terrell Dotson, Dane Jackson, A.J. Epinesa, Taylor Rapp, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, anyone else of real value? No. But then they also have guys on the team like Vaughn Miller, who sucks. Hasn't hasn't done anything since coming back from injury. Maybe with a full offseason and a full more time to prepare, blah, 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 he's better. I doubt it. They owe him a lot of money. Um, and some other names, Stefan Diggs. People are asking questions. Um, not necessarily me, but people. Uh, but if you look at the numbers, the last 10 Bills games, uh, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, 462 yards. Stefan Diggs, 422 yards. Targets, Shakir, 37. Diggs, 80. Uh, Stephon Diggs' best performance over the last 10 weeks was like a four-catch, 67-yard game in a TD. I don't know what's happened, but uh, he has not been the same Diggs. And it's not even like he's that far removed from having great games. It's literally just been a 10-game stretch where it has not worked and it has not looked good. Um, So I do expect things to get better, but again... There are question marks, and now Josh Allen's salary is here. Again, restructures, and there's always ways to deal with the cap, but uh, it now gets significantly harder for the Bills to win now that they have a higher cap hit on their quarterback. Um, So I guess we'll see. Uh, Sean McDermott, does he stay as the head coach? I say yes. Um because he did do such a good job with the defense, and that's kind of what killed them in the end was these defensive injuries. Um, They were missing their linebackers. Uh, A.J. Klein got the start, and he was tasked to cover Travis Kelsey. Very hard job, um, especially if you're the fourth-string linebacker. Um, So, yeah, I so Sean McDermott, I think he stays. I think Joe Brady stays. I think they run it back for one more year, and then after that, it's, okay, if it doesn't amount to anything again, if it's just another wild card win followed by a divisional loss, you got to shake up the room at some point because sometimes the message just stops working. Um, But as long as you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, you will be competitive, and... I put Josh Allen in the category with Mahomes, with Lamar, those three guys. If they if they are their if they are your quarterback, you will have a competitive team. You will have a chance to win. It also just sucks. Why are the fucking the top six best quarterbacks of the league all in the AFC? Like what the fuck? Um, at least the Bears have the number one overall pick, so Caleb Williams can fucking go to the NFC. And same with the Commanders, I guess. So, um, anything else to talk about in this game? Either way, this was a great game. It was a great weekend of football. We got four great games, and I am very excited for these championship matchups. Um, 
yeah, I guess I'll end it here. I have to go pick up my lovely girlfriend from the train. So if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.